The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're tuned in to Heat Check with Trista Crick. On this episode of the Heat Check, everybody right now is doing an NBA season preview episode. Not everyone, though, is doing and redoing their preview episode because that is exactly what we are doing today. This is the real shit right here just for you, Heat Checkers. No locked-on collaboration, no corporate crick. This is the real shit right here, hoes. Apparently there was requests for the word hoes in the episode. So we will be talking about your favorite your favorite team and mine, why they probably won't win the championship. I'm no sellout, folks. Just remember that. So do me a favor, Nick, and drop that motherfucking beat. So followers of the Heat Check know if you have this subscribed on your feed, which, you know, surprisingly people do, and you should as well. I recorded a special crossover episode with the folks from Locked On. Uh, And now regular listeners may have noticed that something was a little different than the normal heat check episodes. How would I put the difference? What's the best way to describe it? I was, well... I'll let my two favorite guys, D'Lo and Casey, let you know what they thought, courtesy of their awesome D'Lo and Casey show on 1320 ESPN in Sacramento, where I have the honor of being their guest every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Here is what they had to say on the show. I love the new podcast, by the way, your, your, the, the preview of the NBA season. Yo, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. What, what, I, I, need, I don't know what's going on here with the corporate. The corporate champion. What is that was corporate. You went, you 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 turned heel just like The Rock did back what in 1998 and aligned himself with Vince McMahon. You didn't call no one a hoe. You didn't cuss one single time in that podcast. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, you, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on, hold on. Hold buttoned on. up Trista Crick. So they found out, but it was pretty obvious, apparently. And a commenter in the chatty house, D-Lo and Casey's YouTube, said it best. Trista was like when your parents get on a phone call from work, and you're looking at him like, who is that? Who is that person that I'm listening to on the phone? So I figured because a ton of the teams that I was planning on talking about with uh, didn't end up get, getting talked about, uh, that we should do it again. And in hindsight, I think I was a little bit too corporate for the lockdown folks. So I figured let's do a more comprehensive preview of the teams, including the teams that I missed. So let's get into it. Toes. The big question everyone wants to know, of course, who's going to win it all? Who? Who is it going to be? Let's go through the contenders according to what Vegas has to say. Golden State, plus 600. That means 6-1 to one odds. Boston, plus 500. 
kind of crazy considering everything that's going on with them. Milwaukee plus 650, Brooklyn plus 700, and the Clippers plus 700. The two top favorites, how would I put this? They're going through some shit right now, aren't they? They are having some internal struggles. We already know what was going on with Boston. And the last time that we discussed the Draymond versus Poole incident, we didn't have no video. And now I've got the video. And looking at it, it looks like looks like something close to a scuffle. And probably borderline assault. And so now we do have the videos. We've got all kinds of think pieces being written by Tim Kawakami of The Athletic. Probably from probably pushed from Jordan Poole's PR team because it's very pro-Jordan Poole about, oh, I don't know, Draymond's now potentially the odd man out, and, oh, Draymond's possibly going to get traded because they can't possibly pay everyone, that Jordan Poole now has all of the power, and that, oh, if, if Jordan Poole is uncomfortable playing basketball with Draymond Green, it might just mean that Draymond Green has to go. And that would be a totally fair perspective of Jordan Poole considering that he was assaulted. Folks, it's a cold it's a cold game out there. It's a cold game, cold game. I've seen some things on Instagram. Yes, I have. Some rumors. Rumors about what Jordan Poole said to Draymond Green. Talked around, I've asked around a little. One person said, You know what? There's only a couple people in the league I dislike. Jordan Poole is one of them. And you know what? Kind of happy to see Draymond Green hit him in the face. I think the term was stole on him. I was glad to see Draymond Green stole on him. So, so that is an interesting little element. The things I saw on the internet, if true, dirty game. Some dirty triple single accusations, some some things. Does it mean, though, that they're going to really trade Draymond Green? Does it mean that they shouldn't be considered the top or at least the second top uh they should be the top. Let's be honest. They won it all. Whoever wins it all should always be the top unless they lost half their team or all their team. Is it a bad look? Yeah, it is a bad look. Does it make the Warriors part of this new ain't nobody messing with my click click of the dysfunctional teams around the NBA? Yes. Yes. You, they're all in a little lunch table together. Somehow a lot of them are contending. I've been to the finals in the last two years. But here they are. Here they are. Does it give other teams hope? you damn right it does. But to me, it's Golden State that should be the title favorite. Steph is dominant. He's a cyborg. Somehow, more and more dominant by the year. He's going to get another MVP before it's time for his, his time to come to a close. When in the hell did Steph learn how to play elite defense, by the way? He used to be a sieve like Damian Lillard. No shade to Damian Lillard. You are a sieve, though. Clay has mental block right now about playing pickup basketball because he spent the summer driving his boat around the bay because he tore his Achilles three off-seasons ago, right? But let me ask you this. Is there such thing as an NBA playoff scrimmage? They don't exist, right? We're talking about scrimmage. We're talking about pickup. Miss me. I am not worried about Clay Thompson. Uh, he looked just fine in those playoffs. He looked just fine. And I think there's a ton of more opportunities for this team to get better. There's a lot of people being like, but Trista, they lost Bielicia. They lost Otto Porter. No one's saying that. But people who cover the beat are saying that. The Warriors beat. I don't care. I don't care about Bia, Bia. I don't care that he went back to Europe. I don't care that Otto Porter went back to Toronto. I don't care that, well, I do care that we got Gary Payton. I do. Because of me. Like, I care for the for the Blazers taking something from the Warriors. But I don't think this is going to be meaningful for the Warriors. They have guys that are going to step up. Moses Moody's going to step up. He looked really good. Jonathan Kaminga, if he becomes less of a chucklehead, he'll be good. You've got my man PBJ, Pat Baldwin Jr., hitting threes. Very high IQ. Probably if he would have gone to Duke, he wouldn't even be there at that point in time that they, were, they, they drafted him. So... This is a very, very sneaky team. Plus, they have Dante DiVincenzo coming in to try to basically be Gary Payton II. He's 6'4". He's bouncy. He's got that vanilla, uh, Villanova, vanilla, Villanova pedigree. He is a little vanilla, except for that he got caught for those tweets. So you can't really call him vanilla anymore. Remember when, uh, 
when my my guy from USA Today dug up all the tweets after they won the national title like four minutes later, and then he had to answer questions. That was crazy. Anyway, moving on. Other teams that need to be considered. I'm sorry, Boston. I think it's pretty clear if that Milwaukee was fully healthy, they would have beaten your ass. I think they would have. I don't think it would have gone seven. I think it would have gone five or six. Pat Connaughton was a big loss. Middleton was a big loss. I think the Bucks are still very much for real. If you have Giannis, you're for real. That's it. Drew, Middleton, Giannis, for real. My man Giannis is hitting threes. My man Giannis is hitting his free throws. He's coming out with documentaries. Yeah, they're for real. Los Angeles Clippers, this is a very deep team. They should be considered as well. Deeper than probably any other team in the NBA. John Wall, did you see him? Did you see those clips? I know they've been circulating the Twitters. I know people have been seeing it around the back. Lay didn't look, the layup didn't look clean. It hit a lot of rim, but it went in. He looks fast. He's got another layer of playmaking for this team. Kawhi, John Wall, Paul George. If Paul George can stop being so mentally weak at the most critical moments, that's a big three on its own. You add Norm Powell to that team. You add Rob Covington to that team. You add all the squad. Reggie Jackson, Mr. What do they call him? Mr. October. Yeah, they call him Mr. October. Nick Batum, garden people, 94 feet getting his little French body up into him. This team is a squad. Very dangerous. But but the next team is the Brooklyn Nets. What are they? Are they a contender? Are they a team that's going to get bounced out of the first round and get swept? I don't know, dog. I don't think anyone knows. And I don't think they know. I know that Kevin Durant is very good. I know that. I know Kyrie is very good. I know that Ben Simmons can pass his little ass off as long as his back is fully healthy. I know that this team's very deep. And one thing right now that we know is that Steve Nash got booed in Brooklyn by his own fan base. Fascinating stuff. Fascinating stuff. Things you hate to see. Couldn't have happened to a more qualified coach. Shit. This team, though, is stupid deep. So deep with Ice Cube, they put her ass to sleep. I don't know who they're going to put to sleep, but it could be maybe Chicago in the first round. This team has guys now. Steve Nash can incorporate them into the rotation if he even knows what a rotation is in very important moments. We're not sure what Ben Simmons' role is going to be. We talked about that last episode on the pod. Some players to watch. T.J. Warren, he was very good in the bubble. Is he going to be healthy? I don't know. Nick Claxton, will he hit free throws? He's going to get a lot of lobs. You better make those lobs because those free throws, I think he was like a 60% free throw shooter. And then, you know, they're defensively a mess. But if they try, I guess they'll be better. I was more optimistic last week before Steve Nash got booed. I'm not going to lie. I want him to be bad. I do. I want Kyrie and Kevin Durant to be good, but I want Steve Nash to fail. It's true. He didn't deserve that job. He, He never will have deserved it. And he's not very good at his job. And the people who actually evaluate players, evaluate teams, people that we trust... They also think he's not very good. So it's not just me. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Let's go through, though, the next tier of teams that are one level below, quote, obvious Vegas contender. Teams that are like Stella, trying to get their groove back. Teams that have gone to the finals recently and are trying to find their way back there. Phoenix, Miami, 
Denver went to the Western Conference Finals. Philly went to the Eastern Conference Semis. And Dallas, who made their way to the Western Conference Finals last year. Let's talk about them. Miami, Miami, it's an ugly, ugly path for them. It is always gross. It never looks like they are going to be able to do it. And then they do. Somehow, some way. Jimmy Butler makes life hard. Even when he's making you know, 42 points per game, it's like, man, it looked hard for you. They've been in the mix, though, two out of the last three years, right? They've always adding guys. They're always adding guys you've never heard of. They get them undrafted. They come out of nowhere. They fill roles that you did not expect. So, for example, they get rid of P.J. Tucker, right? So who's going to replace P.J. Tucker? They get this kid, Darius Days, at LSU. Darius Days is who, who is his player comp? Well, just ask him. He says it's P.J. Tucker. So... It's not a shocker that they replace P.J. Tucker with a younger, up-and-coming P.J. Tucker. Jerry West, one of his favorite young players who didn't get drafted. If Kyle Lowry is back to being available, he missed a lot of time for personal issues, and I'm not even sure what those issues are. Then he missed time due to health. So if he's healthy and engaged and those personal issues are cleaned up and he's playing you know, 75 games, let's just be more realistic, 65, 70 games, they could be a problem for a lot of teams. Are they good enough to beat a healthy Bex team? No. Does it matter? They might not even face them. So just play your best basketball, Miami, and we'll see. For the Heat, though, to be able to truly get there, to truly be able to compete for a title, I think Bam Adebayo needs to be that guy. He needs to be so dominant. He needs to make life hard on whoever is guarding him. He needs to bam and not lay up. He needs to hit his free throws. He needs to be a problem night in and night out. So many times he goes David Copperfield, and just all of a sudden you don't know where Bam Adebayo is. Is he even on the floor? Oh, yeah, he's got four points in 38 minutes. Like That's unacceptable. So two years now, by the way, we've had role players not show up for their teams. You had Kevin Durant in the Nets, and you had Jimmy Butler in the Heat. They were just putting the team on their back so much that when it came down to closing time, closing time, they were so exhausted that they couldn't hit the final shot in order to seal it out. So role players got to show up. Moving forward, Denver Nuggets. Man, it's easy to forget how good the Denver Nuggets were. The bubble Denver Nuggets, unstoppable. Just the, the kids, the comeback cardiac kids. They played the Warriors close, and it was just just checks notes, Doc Rivers' son off the couch, and Jokic, and rookie Bones Highland. And it was a sweat for the Warriors. It looked like, see a five-game, oh, gentleman sweep? No, I watched every single one of those games. It came down to the wire. Down to the wire. When Doc Rivers' son is your second option, and you win any games against the team that ended up winning it all, like, that's a wow. You add back in Jamal Murray, who's a bucket. You add back in, hopefully, Michael Porter Jr. from injury, which, like, by the way, this has been a concern since he was drafted from Missouri. That's why he slipped in the draft, because he had back issues. So if he's healthy and back to being the one of the best three-point shooters in the league, but one of the best two-way wings in the league, then, oh boy. Then you add in KCP, who's a very good, versatile defender. You add in Bruce Brown, who, again, can do a lot of things. He was a rebound king. He was a nice little small ball five for the Brooklyn Nets. And before Joe Harris just went into a milk carton, they were going to beat the Bucks. Everyone's got to stay healthy, man. I think that they can really make some noise if Jamal Murray is himself and MPJ is himself. Phoenix Suns, you move forward and say, how could Phoenix really compete? How? Tell me, how are they going to get back to being an actual team, T-E-A-M, a team that likes each other and is around each other and has chemistry and can overcome adversity when things get bright? We have seen them when they do like each other and they get derailed. I think that they are going to have a real hard time getting over that drama of the, of the offseason. The issues with DeAndre Ayton, the issues with you know COVID, let's be honest, COVID, ravaging their team, the issues with Monty Williams not speaking to DeAndre Ayton for the entire offseason, which is fucking weird, and DeAndre Ayton not reaching out to him, which is fucking weird, him wanting to go to Indiana and still being in Phoenix because they have no other options, Robert Sarver being forced to sell the team. You know the whole thing. You know the whole list. How are they going to get back to the finals? They are not. 
They are not. What needs to happen? Well, DeAndre Ayton has to be happy. Otherwise, it's the Bismack Biombo show. And I tell you what, I've seen a lot of Bismack Biombo when he played for Charlotte. I saw him in Phoenix as well. I don't know that you want him being your starting five. I just don't think so. Booker, got to be an MVP. And this team might, just might go to the second round. Philadelphia, very intriguing team. So to contend, they kind of need to be like like Jedis. Embiid and Harden have to know what each other is thinking at all times. They need to be able to look into each other's eyes and know who wants the rock, where they want it, how much, how do you feed Embiid first. How do you feed Embiid and not castrate James Harden? That's the question. Because when James is aggressive, he's not looking for anyone else. And when he's the distributor, he's not nearly as aggressive with his shot. Can we see the Houston Rockets version of Harden mixed with early Nets Harden? That would be an absolute problem. Are they going to be good in the post? Are they going to be able to rebound? They were one of the worst rebounding teams in the NBA last year. Doc Rivers, who's a liar, uh, said on Woj's podcast that they look very good right now in practice. I also saw some footage where they said that he said they didn't look good, but that was a week ago, so I don't know. They both need to be in shape. They both need to be healthy. They're usually neither, both of them, so we'll see. We will see. I am intrigued. Let's just say that. I love Tyrese Maxey. He's the most likable player on this team. I think when you add, nobody's really talking about it that much after the signing, P.J. Tucker adds a whole new element. They said after they lost to the Heat, they need some dogs. And they found one. P.J. Tucker is that guy. He absolutely is that guy. You add in Daniel House Jr., which I'm not sure why they picked him up other than the fact that he can literally game up any woman in any setting. Remember, he got, he got, uh, he got kicked out of the bubble for br- bringing down the COVID tester. He took her to his room, laid her, laid her right down. So maybe he's like James Harden's wingman. I don't know why he's on the team, but it's not to be a dog. It's to be something else. All right, let's move forward. Dallas. In order for Dallas to contend, what do they need to do? They need to acquire someone. Let's be honest. They need to figure out another backcourt teammate with Luka. This is a no-brainer. Nobody is in more dire need of someone to acquire than Luka. He needs a backcourt mate. Losing Jalen Brunson was a really big deal. They were 15th in offense last year. 15th. And then they lose the guy who can put, put up buckets at any moment with Luka. He was a very key piece when Luka was out against the Jazz. He put up 41. Do you trust anyone else on that team to put up 41 if Luka's not in there? No, you don't. Who can they get? Maybe Mike Conley. He can give you 25 minutes. He can give you some shots, a little lefty. He's got a three-point game. He's not going to be a starter or anything. He's not going to – maybe he starts, but, but he doesn't play huge minutes. Even for 22 minutes a game, he's going to help. I don't trust Dinwiddie. I said that. JaVale McGee, Christian Wood, they need to be better. They need to be an absolute bucket. Christian Wood needs to hit threes. He needs to be completely engaged. We can't have any more of those, those reputational things and question marks that Christian Wood has had before. Are they true? Are they not true? I don't know, but I know that they're out there. So they need to figure that out. Also, Jaden Hardy. If Jaden Hardy becomes like Ant Edwards midseason, then yeah, they can compete, but that's... You know, obviously a big if. Deeper teams are coming, and they do not care if Luka puts 45 up on them at all. This is a potentially a play-in team barring a trade. Yeah, it's true. The next tier of teams on the rise, getting better, doing the work in the gym, looking good, looking to take some heads off. Cleveland, Memphis, Minnesota, New Orleans, Toronto, all of these teams make me more excited than Dallas. Isn't that sad? And I love Luka. That is a sexy-ass group. Woo! Woo-wee! Memphis, woo! Minnesota, woo! New Orleans, woo! Toronto, hell yeah! Minnesota, let's talk about them first. Biggest money move of the the offseason. Swing for the fences for Rudy Gobert. I think it's a fascinating move. How is it going to work with Carl Anthony Towns? I have no idea. All I know is it means that Carl Anthony Towns isn't going to be a defensive liability, isn't going to be caught on film talking all kinds of trash, and people be like, we in Minnesota now. We in Minnesota now. All I know is that it means that Carl Anthony Towns can lock in, and if anybody needs to shoulder the blame for anything, we already know who it is. It's Rudy. Rudy always shoulders the blame. He's good at that. He's good at being a scapegoat. 
Hopefully Ant and D'Lo are going to feature him more offensively. Rudy Gobert, I think you can get him a ton of lobs. The question is, are teams going to try to run him off the floor? Try to go small on him like the Clippers did, like Dallas did last year. I don't know. We'll have to see. All I know is that Ant Edwards is going to be coming. I think he takes another step. I think he becomes someone who's like Jaw, doesn't win the MVP, but is very much in the mix of the MVP conversation. And they're going to win a lot of games. They're going to be a top six team in the West. Moving forward, another team I absolutely love. Salivate over the New Orleans Pelicans. I am so excited about them. Maybe my favorite team to, to even imagine how good they could be. Yes, Zion, of course, is interesting. But I'm actually less concerned or interested in Zion because I know what he is. How is this team going to continue to improve? You have Dyson Daniels now. You have Dyson Daniels. You have, you have Brandon Ingram. You have C.J. McCollum. You have Jose Alvarado. You've got, man, just so many dudes. Jonas Valanciunas. The question also, big question mark, is how Zion and B.I. are going to uh, coexist. They've had issues with that before. How does this change the identity of the New Orleans team that they built without Zion? Big question marks there. He has 50 million reasons to make it work, to stay in shape, to run back on defense. But I tell you what, this is a train that's moving. How did I not even say Herb Jones? Herb Jones, they're going to move with or without Zion. And it's going to be very interesting to watch. I think they could be a two-seed this year. I think they could literally be the biggest surprise in the West. Or they could be a dumpster fire if Zion doesn't play any defense. Memphis, man, they were so good. They're so deep. They took Golden State to the brink. There were so many moments that were 50-50. Jaw, of course, getting injured really hurt. Jaron Jackson being god-awful from three-point land was awful. Uh, and they still have a ton of picks. I think that they're a team that's very up and coming, but I do take the, think they take a step back. Their wing position's very thin right now. I think they're going to try to develop Zaire Williams. I like the Grizz, but they're not going to be sneaking up on anybody. I think they are now the hunted, and they're the loudest mouth team in the NBA. So a lot of teams are going to be coming for them, and they're going to be looking to embarrass them. Losing Jaron Jackson also hurts. And I think DeAnthony Melton, who I didn't mention, is now a sixer. I think he helps a lot. Cleveland, super interesting team. They have so much versatility. They could be kind of who Cleveland was last year before uh, my man got hurt with the ACL, uh, Ricky Rubio. I need to see, though, how Donovan meshes into the team, right? Can he buy into the defensive scheme? He's telling us, I can defend, I can defend, I promise. It's like, well, I haven't seen it since Louisville. Like, were you just not doing it on purpose when you were at Utah? Was it just the assignments? I don't know what was happening with it, but I know that two small guard lineups where you've got two six one six two guys with negative wingspans, I've seen that. I've seen that up and close with Portland, and it did not work. We went to the Western Conference Finals, and we got swept. That's what happened. I tell you what, it's pain. It's a lot of pain. They're going to miss Laurie Markkinen. I tell you what, I never thought I'd say that, but they're going to miss him. They have a lot more interior help than Portland. They have Mobley, obviously. They've got Jared Allen. Even Kevin Love can play some four, even though they'll probably have him on the perimeter. But I tell you what, this team will be very fun. I think they're going to be an actual playoff team this year and not a play-in team. Moving forward with Toronto. Uh, Toronto is one of those teams that if someone takes a leap or they add someone, they could be a problem. Like if OG Ananobi turns into an all-star, this could be a real nightmare matchup for everyone. Like we've said before, it's a bunch of 6'7 to 6'9 guys who can play every single position on the floor and can do everything in the era of positionalist basketball. Nick Nurse loves his lineup. They add in, obviously, on top of Scotty Barnes on the cusp of being an all-star. I think you add in Otto Porter. You add in Christian Coloco. That helps a lot with the defense. And they, they took a flyer on Josh Jackson, who well, went to Kansas, busted. Just an absolute nightmare of a bust. But he has height. He has length. And, and he could potentially thrive as a role player in Nick Nurse's system. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. 
there are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Moving forward on the fourth tier of teams that are all big-name teams with big-name question marks. Lakers, Hawks, Bulls, Knicks, and Blazers. Well, you know how I feel about the Lakers. Let's, we don't even need to go into it. All I know is uh, the top question is, uh, did they really just run it back with Dennis Schroeder? Like, did this happen? Did he really just get back into the country? His visa issue was a, a big hurdle for him to be able to play basketball games. Did he really just turn down that much money and then go back to the team that he turned down for the veteran minimum? Did that really happen? That is sad. They're probably looking at him, visa departments, like, hey, you turned down um, four years for uh, $87 million. You're an idiot. You can't come in here. You got to stay in Germany, sir. I'm sorry. You know what's up with the Lakers. They don't have enough shooters. They're old. Bunch of point guard issues. Point guard and Russell Westbrook, who probably doesn't really mesh with the system, and they're actively looking to trade him, even though they're telling the world that they're not looking to trade him because Darvin Ham loves him, but we're not really sure what the truth is, and we're not really sure whether Russell Westbrook can adapt because he never has. He's never had two. Am I high on them? Absolutely not. You add in Anthony Data Davis into the mix, who's now going to be taking on the number one role as scorer, and LeBron James actively looking to uh, get his ass into ownership mode. This team is this team is a play-in team at the best case scenario. They might not even make that. They might not even make that. Atlanta, big question with them. John Collins. DeJounte Murray. Murray comes over in the trade with the Spurs. How do he and Trey Young work together? Is Trey Young coming off a ball? Is he going to move around like Steph Curry? Because that could be interesting. Trey Young loves to have the ball in his hand. What's going to happen with DeJounte Murray if Trey Young does? What's up with John Collins? Does he want to be there? This is like giving me big, big DeAndre Ayton slash Miles Turner vibes. Like, John Collins has been shopped for three years now. People have been saying... I was in my first year at Barstool Sports the first time I ever heard a John Collins trade rumor. That's insane. Like, I am many years out of that. John Collins, does he want to be there? I don't know. Which version of him will we see? Are we going to see the version of him in 2019, 2020, when he averaged like 22 points a game? Or last year when he was like David Blaine? Are they going to be balanced offensively and defensively? Because defensively last year they were a nightmare. I really like uh, my guy DeAndre Hunter, but he doesn't seem to stay healthy. He's the only defensive wing player that they really have. What's going to happen with Kayvon Herter being gone now? Who's going to be that like last-minute bucket getter, you know, sort of tweener two, three guy outside of DeJounte and, and Trey? Trey Young took a big step last year. He was on a milk carton in the playoffs. He literally was an under machine in terms of his player prop. If he could be used like Steph Curry, I think that makes things interesting. But this is a team that, again, gives me play-in vibes. We move on to my team. Tisk, tisk, tisk. The Portland Trailblazers. Got to be careful what I say here because uh, – a lot of people from Portland still listen to this pod, and they get mad if I say anything too slanderous because I'm a fan, and they say I'm too much of a fan. The question is defense. This has been a historically bad defensive team for the last four years now. I think they had one good year in and three historically bad years. They were 30th in the league, out of 30th, in a year that had the worst defensive rating in history. So they were historically the worst defensive team in the league ever. 
So how does Jeremy Grant and Nasir Little help that? I don't know. Can Josh Hart help the defense and his grittiness and his intensity? These are all very legit questions. I just just saw last night they got their doors blown off by Sacramento. Sacramento. And I know that it's the preseason, but that offense, it looks discombobulated. It looks like it looks like Scott Brooks is running it. Oh wait. Checks notes. He is running it. He is maybe one of the worst offensive minds. We, and we kind of give him credit, and I hate to say it because he's a very nice man. We kind of give him too much credit because he, Rus- he had Russell Westbrook in his prime, Kevin Durant, James Harden. Like, who couldn't make that work St- besides Steve Nash? That's the only one who couldn't. I mean, this is just, like, going to be bad. It feels like Portland has a lot of work to do. This team is a ways away from me. I'm very intrigued, of course, by Shaden Sharp. Shaden Sharp is a bucket. Shaden Sharp can get any shot he wants. Shaden Sharp is 6'6 with a 7 feet wingspan. He can block. He can shoot. He can get to the rim. He can steal the ball. He is butter smooth. Like, he could be the guy. He could be the franchise guy. There are people texting me right now saying, we are ready. This is not even the full season yet. Hey, uh, you guys might need to move on from Dame. What? Sir. It's the preseason, but there's hope. Hopefully, Dame will be healthy. Hopefully, Anthony Simons will still be good. I don't know who he's going to be when he's with Dame. And Jeremy Grant is here. And Nurkic is getting paid. And Clutch got him a nice new contract, so he should be feeling good. He needs to stop being a European bitch. Uh, said it. He sometimes, sometimes he can be a little too soft. I know, it's so bad. People are already saying Chauncey Billups might need to step down. That's kind of where we're at. I'm not there. I don't believe that. I still hope, hold out hope because this team couldn't even lose games on purpose at points last year. Those young guys were so fun. But this team is not making the play-in tournament to me. They're a 30-win team, unfortunately. I hope to be wrong. Big question in Chicago is can this team play any defense? They have and have been one of the worst defensive teams for much of the season outside of Portland. They have to stay healthy. The season's already looking like a dumpster fire. Lonzo Ball, nowhere near playing basketball. Kobe White, who knows what he is. It's a huge loss for a team that lacks depth. I cannot see that this season being better than last season when they made the sixth seed in the playoffs. They will have Pat Williams for the entire year, so that's good. On the other hand, uh, he's currently being benched for Javante Green. So everything that you thought that he was with the fourth overall pick, we're not actually sure. Keep in mind this guy actually volunteered for Leonard Hamilton to come off the bench when he was in college. They did win a bunch of games, but that's not exactly the kind of like dog mentality that you think of from an alpha, like number two, number three score. He's a nice guy. Maybe maybe a little too nice. DeMar's still going to get buckets, but he's not going to shock anyone. Alex Caruso has to be healthy. He missed a ton of time last year. Are they going to be better than sixth place? No, I don't think so. They had a bunch of time with Lonzo Ball last year, and he balled out. So, no. No. I think that this is another team that could take a huge step back. Sorry to say. Wow. No one looking better in preseason than the New York Knicks. What? Hardly surprising, though, because this, like, this is like Tibbs' Super Bowl. It's like when everyone else is not trying, I am going to try, and we're going to look amazing. Like, he has him running wind sprints from August, hopefully for his sake, to, to in his mind, to June. But by December, January, February, like the wind sprint energy is starting to wane. And questions remain. What will Julius Randle look like this season? Is he the most improved type player that we saw two years ago, or is it the same version that we saw of him last year, where he was just clearly wanting to play point guard, but just so inept at that, just dribble, 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 step back, brick, at the end of a shot clock. They had no one to get a bucket, and now they do. Now they got Jalen Brunson, and Jalen Brunson's going to be the initiator now. So how does Julius Randle fit in with that? Is he a guy that you're just going to be able to dump the ball down low to and he's just going to play bully ball? He likes to play on the perimeter now. I don't know how that's going to work. I don't know. 
And he's always been the best with the ball in his hands. Is he going to be a spot-up shooter on the wing? I'm very curious about this. Obi Toppin, though, looks amazing. Obi Toppin might just take Julius Randle's job now. He was electric. He played off the bench, had 20-something points, had steals, had blocks, had four threes, had a tomahawk-looking dunk that made every highlight reel on Twitter and on Instagram and on TikTok. So that that should be something that you should be excited about. Emmanuel quickly looked good. All the young kids looked good. Will Tibbs play them? That's the main question. Will he play them? And the, the biggest question also, too, is what role will Evan Fournier play? They paid a lot of money to him. What is his best role? On the bench or on another team, I think. So we're starting to get to the bottom of the glass. Teams hoping to make the play-in. Sacramento, Washington, Charlotte, Detroit, Indiana. A lot of gross teams. Obviously, I like Sacramento. I said this last podcast. I think they're going to break through. They smacked the shit out of the Blazers with Damian Lillard. They played a bunch of team defense. They moved the ball like crazy. Someone called it basketball porn, and that was against us. Keegan Murray looking like a rookie of the year. Mike Brown has got them at least somewhat interested in defense right now. I like that. I like, I like the Sabonis, De'Aaron Fox, Keegan Murray connection. This team's going to be able to score a lot of points. I think they put up 130 or something on Portland. And then you've got Davion, and you've got Kayvon Herter, and you've got Malik Monk. They, are, they have some very, very fun guys that may come off the bench. For them to succeed, they just need to play defense, really. They need to play good team defense, and they need to do it night in, night out, and be consistent. This is a team that can go on runs. We've seen that pretty much year after year where they are sitting there right around the eight seed, and then all of a sudden they go on a 10-game losing streak. That can't happen. Can they take a step forward like the Pelicans? They sure can. Will they? We're going to see. Charlotte Hornets, they are a dumpster fire of a team. I don't know. Do I like Steve Clifford? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think so. People say nice things about him. I know that. Are they founded in evidence or facts? You know how it is. It's a nepotistic business. People say nice things about just human beings that might be nice but not be very good at their job. The Hornets need to be able to protect the rim. I don't know how they're going to be able to do that. They have Mark Williams now, but he's a rookie. Now you've got, you know, Miles Plumley as the backup. He, he's not doing much. Miles Bridges, where is he? Maybe heading for jail. I don't know. How do you replace his 20 points per game? Probably going to be hard. LaMelo and Jello together, very fun story. He made, Jello finally made LeVar Ball's prophecy come true. All three of his kids in the NBA. None at the same time, because Lonzo's still not playing. But, you know, can't have it all. Can't have it all. Who are they replacing as top 10 in the East? Probably none. Probably no one, honestly. Getting Hayward off the books is going to be very important. Bringing someone in with some defensive intensity is going to be very important as well to make sure that they don't lose like 144-140 games because that's what it was last year a ton. 138-137, Charlotte loses in overtime. But you still have LaMelo Ball. You still have P.J. Washington. So you're a fun young team, probably not going anywhere anytime soon, sorry to say. When you hear the words Washington Wizards, don't you just immediately repulse? Like, don't you immediately just go, ugh, ugh. I live here, and I don't like this team. There is nothing fun about this team whatsoever. Bradley Beal, he's a bucket getter, but it's just him out on an island all by himself. There is no one there. He tried to peddle to us that him and Porzingis are going to be some sort of, like, magical duo. Never played with Porzingis before. We've never shared the floor together. Who knows what that could be? Me and Monte Morris. What the fuck are you talking about? This team sucks. Not only do they suck, they don't even suck like the Pacers suck, where it's fun. Like, there's nobody on this team I am excited about. Who else do they get? Will the Thrill Barton? Like, Portland got rid of him. And Portland doesn't get rid of anyone good because they can't get anyone good. 
So it's DeLon Wright, Monte Morris, Will Barton, Rui Hachimura, Porzingis. Ugh. Good luck, Bradley Beal. Enjoy all that money. Oh, yeah, Johnny Davis. Ugh. Make, maker, maker? No, sir. No, sir. I hate to be so negative, but it's the truth. Detroit Pistons. Man, they're fun. They are still getting better, but they are a ways away. Ways away. Jaden Ivey, in order for them to compete, he needs to get better at decision-making. He needs to get better at a lot of things. Cade Cunningham with Jaden Ivey, if, if Ivey was to develop the way that Cade did late in the season, they could be fun together. They could be really scary together. Jalen Duran, he needs to be a dynamic player like he was in the NCAA tournament for Memphis. It feels like this team's like a year or two away. I really like Sadiq Bey as well. I don't think that they're a play-in team. I don't think that they're a playoff team. I do, I do feel like they will be one of those league pass teams that you go out and watch, and they always cover the spread because the spread's always nine and a half, and like they just always lose by seven. And I think for Jaden Ivey, he needs to mature, and that's really it. He's a young kid. He's so explosive. He's an elite finisher. His decision-making as a whole just needs to improve. His mid-range shooting needs to improve. He needs to add this level of poise that you have seen from, you know, real floor generals like, say, Jalen Brunson or Tyus Jones. He needs to figure out when to go full speed and when to slow down. Even John Morant needs to learn that, and he's a kid who could win an MVP. So, like, being out of control is his biggest downfall, and he needs to be able to fix that in order for them to be able to win games. Indiana Pacers, they know. They know what time it is. They're not winning any, They're not winning anything this year. They're not winning like many games. They're not going to the playoffs, but they are fun. Ben Matherin, what a great pickup. He's going to be a star. He is so good. He can do everything. He's big. He's the kind of guy everyone wants. 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, long wingspan, can get his hands and arms into the passing lanes, can shoot, can dribble, can just be intense, has that dog in him to be able to hit crucial shots down the stretch when he's down. When he was at Arizona, and they, I remember watching them versus Illinois. And, man, every time they went down, he pulled them out of the, out of the bottom and got them back up. <sighs> Miles Turner's probably going to get moved, let's be honest. He's been on the chopping block for a while now. And let's be real, the team doesn't like him very much. How is it going to look with him and Tyrese Halliburton? Maybe it looks good. Maybe he turns into a better player. But it feels like they're going to move him. They really do. It does, does really feel like they're going to move him. I think for them to compete, they need to get DeAndre Ayton. DeAndre Ayton is available in January. He wanted to go there. He was open to go to Indiana. Just go and get him. He'll look good in, in yellow. Trade Miles Turner there to, to Phoenix and let them deal with him on their own. Uh, the final teams of groups who are in the greatest game in 30 years, which is tanking for Victor Wambayama. Bricken for Vicken. San Antonio, Orlando, OKC, Utah, and Houston. Yeah, we, we talked about tanking, working. It works. The lottery system has made it tougher, but it works. You know, Shaq was number one, but let's face it. The team that got Alonzo Mourning, they were pretty happy too. So that's what's going to happen with Scoot and Victor Wambanyama as well. As long as Victor's on the board, I don't think there's any path out of there. And I think Utah and San Antonio are fully, fully invested in tank mode. Uh, let's talk about just these teams. Orlando is going to be very fun to watch from, I would say, game one through game 25 until they are no longer in any way relevant. Paolo's going to be a highlight machine, but Suggs is already banged up. Franz Wagner's very fun to watch, but that's pretty much it. Other than hoping Markel Fultz can be healthy, I'm not sure that there's much to watch. Like, maybe Mo Bamba, just to see if we can play that song again. But not a team that is going anywhere or going to compete. They're a team to fade. Rockets, always a good team to keep things close. Always. Jalen Green's going to try. He's going to put up like 35 points a night, mostly on threes. You're going to have KPJ, who's a bucket, going to be a highlight machine as well. Alperin Shangoon's going to continue to improve. You've got the emergence of Jabari Smith, the rookie there. He's going to be a nice addition and a replacement for, for Christian Wood. And Tari Eason, I think, is a sleeper. He's a very like young player who should be able to make an impact right away. 
Josh Christopher, also very good, very bouncy. But they are also a tanking team. This team is, is winning 20 games, 25 games max. San Antonio, 15-win team, purposefully. They play very fast, though. They are going to be a very unusual team for Greg Popovich to manage. But it seems to be working. You're going to have Josh Primo there. He's a fun young player from Alabama that is kind of snuck up on everyone. You, you have my guy Malachi Branham and Jeremy Sohan. You've got Blake Wesley. All those guys are very brand new, you know, rookies or second-year players. And then you throw that on top of Keldon Johnson, who played in the Olympics, you know, Devin Vassell. They're going to be fun. Not going to win many, many games, but they are going to be fun to watch, especially just for the individual player play, not for the team player play. And they even have Josh Richardson for some unknown reason. Not sure why. Only OKC, though, has uh, in this group has any real hope of getting out. And that really depends on if they want to. If they want to be a, a, a team to compete or whether they are committed to tanking still. Josh Giddy and Shea and Dort, they are improving in terms of their jump shots, all three of them. They've hired the shot doctor that we've talked about. And, you know, Presty, we'll see how committed he is to continuing to try to continue to, uh, I don't know, accumulate first-round pick after first-round pick. The last question that folks on Locked On asked me was who was the one player that I wanted to watch, and this year my answer was the birthday boy himself, Josh Giddy. Uh, he dazzled last year. He got hurt due to tanking, but I think he's a star. He's going to be very fun. Let's throw some other names in there that uh, we didn't talk about last week. I like Paolo Bancaro. I think he's going to be surprising a lot of people in just in terms of how big, how dominant, how good of a passer he is. He's going to be really fun. Tari Eason will be fun. I can't wait to watch him. We've got a whole list. We're coming out next week with the top 10 players to watch list. But those are my first off top, off the top of my mind players that you're going to want to see night in, night out. That's all the time, though, that we have for the heat check. Hope that there was enough curse words and hoes in there. We'll be back Thursday with a new episode. Check out the feed for past episodes. We're also, I believe, going to try to drop a more bonus episode on Draymond Green and all that stuff with Jordan Poole. We'll see if I have time for it. Check out those Locked On podcasts. They just dropped today all the way through the 17th. I'm going to be appearing on them all this week. Not sure how that format will look. Very curious. Do not forget to download. Please subscribe. Please tell every, your, all your friends, every single damn one of them, and follow us on social at, at this heat check and at Trista Crick on TikTok. Take that, D-Lo and Casey. Take fucking that.